It's the Greg and Dan Show podcast, and I'm Kelch. Hello there. How's everybody doing? That's great. Thanks for all answering. Thanks for answering. Danny's in a slow mood. It's a gray, rainy day here. Yeah, it's a gray, rainy day. On the Greg and Dan Show podcast today. It's just one of those. You know what? Okay. So you have Beth Nielsen Chapman, okay? That's my go-to sad music. You know who my Beth Nielsen Chapman is? Uh, Dave Matthews. No. Uh, Jimmy Buffett. No. Uh, Van Frank, Halen. Van Halen. Frank no. Sinatra. <laughs> nope. Uh, the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Oh, how'd you know? Um, <laughs> Carol King. Carol King. Nope. You're you no. Know. Oh, I know it is. I know. I do know it is. I do know it is. You made me think of it. Nora Jones. Yes. Yeah, Nora, Jones. Nora Jones. Yeah. That album. That that first album. <sighs> oh. That boy. first album. Is that what you're talking about? Oh. Is that what I'm talking about? Do you remember that, Manny? Of course. First album? No. Uh, It was incredible. In the night. You've heard all the songs. Her dad was Ravi Shankar. Yes. The sitarist for the Beatles. Or with the Beatles, not for the Beatles, but with the Beatles. Wow. So she came from a very cool music family. Yes. And I believe her mother was a vocalist as well. She didn't really do anything big, but she right. cool. she sang, and I think she played some piano. And uh, yeah, so basically, from the time Nora was able to, you know, start walking and talking, she was doing things musically related. Cool. She actually has a podcast now, and I've been listening to it, it and good? it's it's great. And what she does, it's called Nora Jones is playing along, and so she takes her two favorite things, and that's talking to people and her friends and playing music. And so it's fellow musicians. She brings them on. They go into a studio and they just have a conversation built around them singing each other's songs. And then then they sing the songs. Yep. Uh, it's nice. great. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. It's pretty cool. That's cool. It's it's simple. It's casual. I like it. Uh, it's actually just a great way you to know, like pass the afternoon. I just had an idea. Uh, as you're listening to this podcast, you yeah. should probably just stop and go and listen to that one. It's probably better. <laughs> just go ahead. Just go ahead. Knock it out. We're not Nora Jones. Uh, I, I can I can I uh, act like I'm Nora, jo- Nora Jones, but it won't go well. Um, no, I I love Nora Jones. Uh, yeah, this just this is like the perfect day. Uh, if not Nora Jones, Nick Drake. I love I love that guy. Got it, got Great it. stuff. I liked uh, Drake and Josh. They were good. Oh, good show. They were hilarious. Yeah, that they one were. guy was funny. Yeah. He was so funny. Yes. All right, Until wait. that episode where uh, Drake turns out to be a uh, child predator. <laughs> yes, I hated that episode. Yeah, that was a terrible episode. That happened in real oh, life. Oh, wait. But, yes. Wait which one is that? Is that the big guy or the little guy? That's the little guy. The little guy. Drake Bell. Yeah. I didn't know that. Huh. All right, let's purge that out of okay. our brains and go let's on to something nice. That's dark. <laughs> I hated that. What do you take for granted? Aspirin. That was good. Yeah. I like that. All right, next question. <laughs> Can't beat that. I take for granted, I always do, that tomorrow will be here. Mm. I take for granted that so my current state of health, which I believe is good. Yeah. But I don't know. You that. never know. You never know. Only what, time will tell. Well, there's something that could be happening in your body. I mean, yeah. uh, when you get ill uh, uh, internally, yeah, y- you don't know about it until later. Kill you go. Oh, uh, something's happening here. I have a symptom, like me being tan all the time. Uh, you guys make tan fun denitis. of me. I have tanditis, which is a unusual tanning situation. 
I actually do believe that I have something going on with that. That's all right. Don't matter. Have I don't you care. seen I a look doctor? Fantastic. Heck no. A dermatologist? Uh, nope. Nope. It's not coming from my derm. It's coming from my insides. <laughs> from my derm. <laughs> yeah, but it looks good. So why mess with it? I agree with you. Okay. Danny. I think it looks. I fantastic. would like to go back. What a sentence! <laughs> it's not coming from my derm. <laughs> I take that for granted. I take for granted. Um, I don't really take this for granted because I worry about it a lot. I have four children. I take for granted that they're all safe today. Yeah. But things happen, you know, things happen. Uh, or they're all happy today, whatever it is that's going on with them. Yeah. Uh, my parents, uh, in retrospect, uh, looking back, didn't know the things that made me unhappy or whatever. I didn't talk to them about that stuff. Uh, so I probably don't know what's up with my kids. Uh, what else do I take for granted? I take for granted meatloaf. Meatloaf is fantastic, and I take it for granted. I should give the it more singer respect. Or the no, no, he's dead. No, the <laughs> the actual uh, uh, product. I take it for granted because it's so delicious. Now I can make a good meatloaf. I really can. It's the one thing I actually make that tastes okay. However, it's embarrassing because meatloaf's not hard to make, and, and the stupid recipe that I use out of my wife's thirty-year-old. 40-year-old Betty Crocker cookbook. Mm-hmm. It's all broken. Uh, it's a, it's a ba- it's basic. Is it a it's, red cookbook, like a reddish? And we checkered? we have that one, yeah. but we, no, it's more of a tan. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's more of a tan. But I we, have the old We one. also have that red one. Yeah. yeah, we have that one, too. Yeah. yeah. Those are good cookbooks, actually. Yeah. They were good. Yeah. Betty was a genius, by the way. She and Mr. Crocker, terrible as a couple. Uh, Bill Cocker, uh, Crocker. <laughs> Uh, he was, whatever it was, Bill. Well, Clark. see, he used to hit her with a spatula. Right. He was first. into he was into some stuff. Yeah. We didn't like it. But once she got rid of him and yeah. she got out on her own, made all those books. She did her she, thing. She killed it. She killed. It. Okay. What else we got? Danny, what do you take for what granted? What do you take for granted, Danny? Nothingness. Nothingness. He takes nothingness Which for granted. Which means it, if you just sit there like on a Saturday, it's quiet, and stare out a window, you feel really good. Doing nothing. Yeah. But in our lives, conventional thinking is, well, you have to do something. Like if you said, hey, I had the day off, what'd you do? Nothing. They go, you did nothing all day? Yes, that was a good thing. Mm. But we don't do that because we think that we have to do something, but whatever we do really doesn't matter. Here's the other thing about that whole scenario. As Dan sits and looks out his window... For hours on end on a Saturday, uh, the people that don't take it for granted are the people living across the street. They're looking over there like, "What is he doing? What is, hey, what's, hey, what's Mr. Diorio doing? He's still sitting there. Yep. He's still sitting there. Been two he hours hasn't now. moved. I'm not taking that for granted. I don't know what he's doing. That's a good point, though, Danny. I I definitely resonate with that. I would, you know, I think for myself, it's the moments where. Uh, I don't behave like myself or I don't speak like I normally do who I really right. am. You're right? outside of yourself or yes. whatever. Right? Those are the moments that I want back because I take for granted not being myself the most all the time. Dan, Does that make sense? Me with this? Dan, help me with this. No, it doesn't make sense. It, I, really, I'm not kidding. I'm not, not being myself. Be I'm not trying to be difficult. I don't understand what you're... What you're taking for granted. Well, I, it, Tom Brady said something. You're taking for granted that you are not always yourself. Yes. Okay. It might be put this way, because Tom Brady said this. When they were asking about 
the whole thing with his divorce, he said, in the end, you have to be authentic to yourself. Okay. Which means this is who you are. Stay with it. Don't change for anything. Okay. Uh, and you're saying you feel that way. You know who your authentic self is. And there are times, we all do it, right, <laughs> where you step out of that. And so in your when you're in yourself, in your authentic self, you take for granted for the fact that you will always be there, that you'll always be authentic, and therefore you're surprised and disappointed when you step out. Sure. Okay. I don't know that we got it right, but I'm trying to put it in my head right. Yeah. I get it. I get that, I guess. I get it. I just wasn't putting the words together mm -hmm. right. So, okay. That's cool. What's next? Now, how do I know that this next question is your authentic question or you're outside of yourself now? I don't know. I'm going to take it for granted. <laughs> what is your favorite month of the year? I don't like picking favorites. Dan, this is like so anti-Dan. <laughs> yeah. That's an anti-Dan question. What did you, yeah, you, you don't want to be month specific. Yeah. Um, that is really a great question. Uh, uh, December wears me out. Yes. As much as I like the holidays and my family. End and, of November. Ooh, it's, it's, I am I am grateful to get past that. Yeah, and in in there also is a whole bunch of birthdays in my family, so oh, I get really? all past that stuff. So, 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 so I'm gonna go with April. Yeah, April's a good and here's month. why. Now that I think of it, it's absolutely April. April gets past all the pressures of the holidays. April is a month of rebirth, and April has somehow been the month where most of the significant things in my life with my wife happened. I know almost you said this before. all of them, almost all of That's them crazy. happened in April. Don't know why. Don't know why. So April's a good month. Pretty good um, month. It's Pretty also month. one of my favorite quotes from any movie. Yeah. Uh, Miss Congeniality. Describe your perfect date. I would have to say April 25th because it's not too hot and it's not too cold yeah. and all you need is a light jacket. That is the greatest thing that ever. That is a great it's, quote. It's perfect. I bet the guy there or gal that wrote that just was so happy with themselves. Oh. That is a great line. Oh, great it is. Line. It is great. Every year on April 25th, my mom and I, we share that, that meme my with each other. Day. It's, it's favorite our favorite day. day. It's great. It's great. What uh, is your favorite month then? Who, uh, you know... I do love April because my favorite day of the year is in April. April 17th? Nope. April 23rd? You're close. April 24th? You're... April 22nd? Yep. Why is that your favorite day? Earth Day! Oh, God, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. It's also my wedding anniversary. That's right. right. It's a good day to have a wedding anniversary. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay, um, uh, Greg, put me in queue. <laughs> oh, okay, go Ready? Ahead. Yeah, go. When streams are ripe and swelled with rain, may she will stay. Todd, we had to throw April in there. That's a good That's song. Nice. Thanks, That's a great Dan. song. Thanks, yeah. Thanks, man. I was listening to that the other day, actually. Wow. Um, well, ain't that something? <laughs> 
I don't know if I I don't know if I have a favorite month on the surface. You know, I, I think I think I have different parts of different months that are favorites of mine. Um Parts like, of April, a little bit of August, yes. and a sprinkle I, of September. Like a month, will, uh, like a month cocktail, like a month yes, cocktail. Yes, yes, in a or way. A month. Uh, I will smoothie. say a month smoothie. A month smoothie. <laughs> That's good. Um, I will say August is one of those similar to your December. August, I always feel like is crazy because you've got the return of so much like school. You've got kind of this. Usually that's when the weather starts to change a little bit. And so it's like, oh, crap, we're going away from the heat and we're going a little bit cooler. Um, And I just feel like there's I always have like a lot of pressure on my shoulders for some reason in August. There's just something about it. I remember that. Danny, remember that next August. No pressure, no extra pressure on Caleb. Yeah. Um, But I would say September, April. uh, I also really like the month of March. March is a good month. You named almost all the months now. That's That's not not, true. I mentioned August, September, April, and March. That is is almost all of them. still eight left. That's almost all of them. All right, what else we got, man? What's happening? Okay, lemons or limes? Lemons or limes? Yeah. For, for what? Throwing at people? Do you, which one do you prefer? Throwing at people? Lemons or limes? Mm, I do like both. Uh, I, I like having lemons and limes in the house. They make me feel good. And then it makes me feel bad because I didn't eat them, and they go rotten. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, um, do you eat lemons and limes, or do you use them for things? I don't eat lemons and limes. I was going to say, well, I don't know anyone I who did, actually I eats did, lemons and limes. I did back limes. in the days when I had scurvy. And uh, you had to get a lot of citrus in you, and I so I'd eat the lemons and limes. But my pirate days are way behind me. I um, <laughs> I like the lime in a in a cocktail. Mm-hmm. I like the lemon in a cocktail. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like the lemon in some water. Just some lemon, squeeze the lemon in, into the water, and, and then float it in there. That's cool. Lemon and fish. I like lemon on fish very much, very much. And that I'm was lobster. my nickname gonna, in high school. I'm going to go with fish. lemon. I'm going to go with lemon. <laughs> yeah. I think lemon's better. Lemon? I can make a salad case for lemon and a salad case for lime, so I'm not deciding because uh, just when you start uh, taking lime for granted, key lime pie comes along. Oh, boy, key lime Oof. pie is so good. Now, I would like to learn how to make a key lime pie, sidebar. Dan's not citrus-specific. That's what he's not. Yep. He's not citrus-specific. No, I'm not month-specific nope. or citrus-specific. <laughs> that's what I said. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay, so lemon meringue pie or key lime pie? Key lime. Both are great. Both no. are great. Yeah. Both are great. Key lime wins for me every time. Nope. I got I love it. And the key lime is a different lime than the regular lime. Yes. It's, you have to get a key lime. Yes. Which Where do they grow? The Isle of Key. I don't know about that, but they grow in the Keys, Florida oh, Keys. Okay. Right? Isn't that right? They're yeah, little. They're I tiny. believe so, yes. They're tiny. They're tiny. All right. Tiny limes. Uh, see, for both of those. That was his nickname in high school. Tiny, tiny limes. limes. Yeah. <laughs> That was unfortunate. That, that I was, was going to say, that's not good. Un- that's not that good. That is super unfortunate. <laughs> I had a rough time in high school. Uh, the, For me, for those two pies, and with any pie specifically, I, I I can't do the artificial stuff. Like I want it to be all natural, authentic ingredients. Like if, if we're making a key lime pie, let's actually have it be key lime. If we're making lemon meringue pie, let's actually have some lemon on there, not just the lemon zest. You know what I hate, you know what I hate what? about what you just said about the lemon meringue pie? What? Fake meringue. Hmm. Fake meringue, good band name. Yeah. Oh, that's good. 
I don't know what even meringue is. So also, I don't know it could be uh, a detective in a sitcom. Fake meringue? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, what else? What else we got? Um, okay, so something a little bit more on a serious note. Uh, we had a guest today on the Greg and Dan Show radio show. We also did not have a guest today on the Greg and Dan radio. <laughs> that as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, ICC President Dr. Sheila Quark Bailey, she said something that I thought was brilliant. I know. It's and just, I think you know exactly. the one that uh, made her repeat? Yes. Yeah, go yeah. ahead and say it. Being poor is a full-time job. Yeah, being poor is a full-time job. Yep. I didn't know what that meant exactly, but then she started talking about when you're poor and, and you don't have a car and you've got to struggle to pay bills and yeah. who's going to watch your kid and how are you going to get to point A to point B so you got to take the bus, well, you got to plan that out. Um, it's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. You're always worried about the next moment, let alone your life in front of you. And and I I can see how it's uh, you get to the point where you just give up. I, exactly, I, I get it. I completely get it. Well, it's 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 that uh, you know you take two steps forward and one step back. Right. You know that that kind of expression is how I view it um, in a way. And and I would like to kind of dig further in the sense of um, I, you know I think we forget sometimes that life itself is a full time job. On top of many of us who already have full-time jobs, uh, and I, I think uh, I just I wish there was a way or a, a remedy in some sense to to not help having those it, to not having it uh, not having life be a full-time job. To not, I, I, I to would, not dis- having I would this disagree pressure. with you, by the way. To not having rather to not having yeah. this pressure to make. Uh, certain parts of life be so heavy what on are, ourselves. What are the ones for you that you're thinking of? Maybe they're not on you, but yeah. what are those areas of life that you feel has undue pressure on it? Uh, I think the societal pressure of money is a big one, and, mm-hmm. and that goes to being poor is a is a full time job of like this constant need. We need money. We need more money because we have to continue to pay for more things, and that goes into the the items that we but, need. But, you but know? isn't that okay? So, and I know this is right in Dan's wheelhouse because he is such a Zen kind of guy when it comes to things and money and all that. Uh, and I'll let him jump in in a minute. But isn't that pressure that you put on yourself society's not doing that pressure to you man mm-hmm. uh you're doing no it. yeah no no you're but, doing but that. that's that's yeah. my whole point is yeah. the societal pressure that but, but you, well, but but that society it, is also the same thing that creates life the the concept of life being a full-time job poverty being a full-time job you mean no even life oh see, i just I mean disagree, life being i disagree a with job. you on that by the way i but i disagree that's fine. with you that's fine i disagree with you about yeah. life being a full-time job mm-hmm. i think when you feel that life is a full-time job and you're feeling feeling pressures mm-hmm. societal pressures definition of that is pressures from society mm-hmm. you that you are listening to a chorus mm-hmm. that doesn't serve you that chorus doesn't serve you but but that's that's my point i guess is yeah. like it's it's societal pressure that's creating the concept that life is a full-time job. I'm not saying that okay. life is in itself a full-time job. Okay. okay. All right. Sorry if I, if no, no, I... No, no, no. I thought that's how n- you personally felt. No, no, no I, I, mean, yeah. I, I mean that society itself is what's creating that concept, that, mm-hmm. that, that phrase, that life is a full-time job, which then spawns into being 
poor or poverty is a full-time job as well, mm-hmm. and even more so. Uh, I, I do think that uh, society in its way is entirely created that concept. Uh, but then we as individuals, because we're being pressured by society and everything full scope, well, crap, we don't want to be on the out. We don't want to be different. We don't want to feel like we're, we've lost out in some sort of way, especially when we've already been kind of trained in a way to society and, and societal norms. Okay. I agree. Well, th- that means uh, I've got to put more pressure on myself, and I've got to do this. But what I've if got you back that. out? What if you back out and go? I'm not. I'm not allowing that to happen. Well, that is what I wish there was some sort of remedy for. I wish there was some sort of easy way to help people realize that they don't have to be in that pressure. Okay. Do you know the story of the Mexican fisherman? I don't. I was just thinking of that. I this think this will the be the way to end story. this. Yep. I, I, I looked it up, so I'm going to read it okay. so I don't butcher it. An American investment banker was at the pier of a small coastal Mexican village with a small boat with just one fisherman docked. Inside, uh, inside the small boat were several large yellowfin tuna. The American complimented the Mexican on the quality of his fish and asked how long it took to catch them. The man replied, only a little while. The American then asked why he didn't stay out longer and catch more fish. The Mexican said he had enough to support his family's immediate needs. The American then asked, but what do you do with the rest of your time? The Mexican fisherman said, I sleep late, fish a little, play with my children, take siestas with my wife Maria, stroll into the village each evening where I sip wine and play guitar with my amigos. I have a full and busy life. The American scoffed, I'm a Harvard MBA and I could help you. You should spend more time fishing and with the proceeds, buy a bigger boat. With the proceeds from the bigger boat, you could buy several boats. Eventually, you'd have a fleet of fishing boats. Instead of selling your catch to a middleman, you would sell directly to the processor, eventually opening your own cannery. You could control the product, the processing, and the distribution. You would need to leave the small coastal fishing village and move to Mexico City, then L.A., and eventually New York City, where you would run your expanding enterprise. The Mexican fisherman said, but how long will all this take? To which the American replied, eh, 15 to 20 years. But what then? asked the Mexican. The American laughed and said, that's the best part. When the time is right, you would announce an IPO and sell your company stock to the public and become very rich. You would make millions. Millions? Then what? he said. The American said, then you would retire. You would move to a small coastal fishing village where you would sleep late, fish a little, play with your kids, take siestas with your wife Maria, stroll to the village in the evenings where you could sip wine and play your guitar with your amigos. Drop the bone!